We hope you enjoy listening to this weekly podcast from Lifeline Church. Find out more by visiting lifelinechurch.co.uk. Right, very simple word today. Basically one point. So it shouldn't stretch our brains too much. One point. Would any of you say that at any time you've had doubts? Can God do it? Is God going to do it? Uh, Will he receive me? How do I come into this place we've been singing about today? Anybody in that situation? Anybody not in that situation? I think that's about right because everybody, I think, experiences that but it's where we go from there because God is merciful to those who doubt right choose somebody I say it again then I want you to say it to them alright if you don't like the person sitting next to you turn the other way God is merciful to those who doubt. Okay, that was a good start. The only other part is what do we do to step into that mercy? We'll come to that in a minute. Let me read from Mark chapter 9. When they came together, came to the other disciples, they saw a large crowd around them, and the teachers of the law arguing with them. As soon as the people saw Jesus, they were overwhelmed with wonder and ran to greet him. He says, what are you arguing about? At that point, a man in the crowd answered, Teacher, I brought you my son who is possessed by a spirit. I mean, just think about this a minute. Robbed him of speech. Whenever it sees him, throws him to the ground. He foams at the mouth gnashes his teeth, becomes rigid. I asked your disciples to drive out the spirit, but they couldn't. Jesus replied, you unbelieving generation, how long shall I stay with you? Bring the boy to me. So they brought him. When the spirit saw Jesus, it immediately threw the boy into a convulsion. He fell to the ground, rolled around, foaming at the mouth. If that was your child, if that was your son, how would you feel to see your son like that? To have brought him to the disciples and nothing happened? Wouldn't you have some questions, some doubt? Is this possible? How long has uh, Jesus asked the boy's father, how long has he been like this? goes on. 
from childhood. It's often thrown him, get this, into the fire or water to kill him. You've got to imagine that this poor boy was not a pretty sight. It was a desperate situation. But if you can do anything, the man says, take pity on us and help us. If you can, Jesus said, everything is possible for the one who believes. Now this is the point. Immediately the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe, but help me come my um, overcome my unbelief. I do believe, and yet look, what we've just gone through with the disciples. I kind of do, but I don't. The key thing here is that he's making a confession. I am struggling. I'm not pretending. I'm being honest and saying I'm struggling with doubt but right now I'm confessing that. That really is basically it. What do we do with doubt? We come to Jesus who loves us and the songs we've just been singing portrays, us, portrays it so clearly. We come and we say, Lord, I confess I have doubt. And frankly, you can't do anything about it other than this. That's the message today. I'll expand it a little bit, but if you want to go sleep now, you've heard it. <laughs> then Jesus, of course, turns around and rebukes the spirit, and the boy stands up. Jesus took him by the hand, lifted him to his feet, and he stood up. I mean, guys, if we enter into that situation, into that story, you can certainly justify his doubt. Wouldn't we be like that? But the key thing is that he confessed it and found that Jesus didn't rebuke him. You ought to have more faith. You ought to try harder. Uh, you ought to remember all the things. None of that. It was enough that he said, I do believe, help my unbelief. Confessed it, was honest about it. You can't conjure up faith. Ooh, ooh, hallelujah, let me believe harder, let me get to, I'm really going to believe this. I'm, 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 it doesn't work. It doesn't work. Now I know that some of you this morning would have been hearing those songs, even singing those songs, but in truth couldn't really identify, yes, this is where I am. This is, this is a description of me because you're struggling with some measure of doubt. God is merciful, does not beat those who are in doubt, he makes a pathway for them. And the pathway is simply being real. 
That's what Jesus is like. Let's take another story. This is in uh, John 20. This is Jesus appearing on the evening of the first day of the week when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders. That's the scene. They're scared. They're meeting together in a secret place, concerned that the Jewish leaders will come for them. Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he'd said this, he showed them his hands and sighed. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Can you imagine it? These are the disciples. They'd seen their beloved master crucified. Now he was appearing to them. I mean, imagine being in that meeting. How would you be? Wow! I mean, you would be a pain to listen to. You'd just go on and on. You couldn't help it. It's a change, a total change. The thing that you'd, you'd dreamed of and had been taken away is now restored. I think they would have been impossible to kind of calm down. And Jesus said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I'm sending you. He breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Goes on a bit. Now Thomas, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. Thomas, again, is honest. You can tell me a thousand times, but I know me. I can't pretend. I need something more than that. I, I, I would like to believe, I would like to have been there, but I wasn't, and I know that I just can't do it. Confession of reality. Unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. So there they group, all the rest of them, absolutely over the moon because they've seen the Lord. And there's Thomas. Unless I see the nail marks. Unless I have my own revelation, my own experience. You know, down through the ages, he's been called Thomas the Doubter. It's a bit of a wrong thing. Thomas the Honest, who God came to because he confessed. A week later, his disciples were in the house again. Thomas was with them this time. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Now, then he turned and said to Thomas, just think about it a minute. He didn't come to those that were uh, so thrilled that they knew that Jesus was alive. He came to the one who said, I can't believe. I can't believe. I can't. It doesn't work trying to work on somebody else's experience. You can tell me and tell me but I just know it doesn't work like that for me. What's he doing? He's being real and he's being honest. What does Jesus do? He doesn't come to those 
that are already believing and saying, let's have a lovely time and a, you know, a holy huddle and, and uh, yeah, shame about him, uh, Thomas. Ha, let's, just, let's just have a lovely time ourselves. Of course he doesn't. What does he do? He comes directly to Thomas. Thomas who'd said, unless I have that encounter, that experience myself, I know I cannot believe, I cannot work myself up into it. God is merciful to those who doubt. So he comes. He says to Thomas, put your finger here. See my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. The word from God, the experience that he had, Thomas said to him, my Lord and my God. What was the key again? What do you do with doubts? You confess it. You don't pretend it. You don't put on a show on the outside. Why? Because our Jesus is ready to meet us. I was reading uh, during the week and in, in Galatians and uh, I just felt this verse um, just struck me. It's saying the same thing. Because you're his sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts. The spirit who calls out Abba Father. You're no longer a slave, but God's child. The spirit who calls out Abba Father. This is, this is the miracle that happens. We're honest. We declare I, I I have doubts I have doubts for some it may be I have doubts that God even exists I have doubts that he could meet me I've got doubts that, that these songs that we've been singing could be real to me as they obviously are to others Lord help me the confessing rather than the covering is what God requires one step of saying that and he comes and does what only he can do and here's the thing and, and this really struck me he places his spirit in us which enables us to say Abba Father which is um, I don't know different versions I love you Lord I mean, it's a complete turnaround. It's not that we do it. I could read the Bible from now until forever. It wouldn't do it. It has to come by this revelation. And the step to it is not complicated. The step to it is to say, Lord, help my unbelief. Lord, I, I have doubts. Whatever it is, whether it's regarding your ability to come into a, a, a real loving relationship with God, or whether it's in some issue. I mean, let's think. 
as a company of God's people, it's been a bit tough lately. I mean, all the trauma of coming through the, the sad death of PJ. Uh, I'd be surprised that not just in that situation, if anybody has never at some point had doubts. But we come to a loving God. It's not rocket science. Instead of pretending, instead of putting on some kind of show, we just say, Lord, I, I, I have doubts. Whatever the area is, particularly in terms of coming into that place of loving relationship, it's not that we can do it. He puts something of his spirit in us that enables us to actually see and believe and to love him and to love one another. We couldn't do it. We could read the Bible and pray and sing songs forever, but it wouldn't, it wouldn't do it. It's a miracle of salvation. It's a miracle of revelation. It's only that which God can do. But he does it on the basis of confessing of need. That's the Jesus we come to. Uh, I think sometimes I, I like to think back and think about when I wasn't in a good place, when I was in a bad place, I didn't come to God. He came to me. But there was a point where I had to turn and say, I choose to submit to you. See, in terms of how we come to God, we basically recognise that Jesus, and choose to believe that Jesus was crucified and raised from the dead. Can I believe it? No, I'm choosing to believe it. And when he was raised from the dead, God made him Lord over all. There's no escape from all. That's me, you and everyone. And at that point, I choose to submit. It's a choice. He gives us free will. I choose to submit. I choose to say, I will give my life over and the authority of my life and the control and the direction. Then this miracle Oh, hallelujah. This miracle takes place. Because I can't change me. I can't do anything. But he gives us the miracle of salvation, the power to actually believe and to actually enter into that place of really submitting to him and loving him. He does it. He did it. Our only opportunity is we say, I choose to believe and I submit to your Lordship. Then it's him placing, by this miracle, his spirit within us, which enables us to love him and to love one another. In fact, he's done it all. I'm thinking, ranging back, By the love and the patience. And God arrested me, having gone very much my own way, made quite a mess of that. How he, 
I looked back and I saw how he did it. And it really didn't come <coughs> at all in the form, you ought to, you must, you got to try. It came in him, beginning to melt my heart towards him. There came a day when I realised God is at work. At that point, I made that commitment, that surrender. I remember later on another time, <coughs> I can't remember what the detail was. I can remember that I was, I was very troubled, very down. And I was driving along on my own. And this sounds a little bit weird, but that's me. And this song, it's an old song, we wouldn't even sing it now. It's about God smiling through the cloud. And this song came into my mind, and at the same moment the sun came out. I didn't care what you think. To me, that was God. That was God reaching out. The time I was sitting on rather a high sea wall and fell asleep. You could say, well, just the movement would have woken me up. You can say what you like. I know what it was. It was God's hand upon me. It was God preserving me. God looking after me. It wasn't what I did. It's what he does. I remember the time when um, I was vaguely interested in being, the, in being filled with the Holy Spirit. Uh, and... Uh, my parents, in their background, was, it was very legalistic and I felt a lot of the Holy Spirit was just emotionalism and written it off and didn't want to go there. Uh, God does like to have a bit of fun. So there I am, on the train from the city out to Hertfordshire. My father used to meet me with his car so then I could drive straight across back to Dagenham um, from Hertfordshire. No meeting, no build-up, and I got a good excuse. Uh, I, I don't really want to do anything about this. My cousin was nudging me. No, I, I really need to get going at the end of the meeting. I can't stop to see the pastor or anybody. But I got there a bit early, and the minister was there. Oh, Johnny said... Uh, your cousin was telling me, uh, talking about the Holy Spirit, just come into my office. No build-up, no meeting, no songs, just travelling on the train, driving the 30 miles or whatever it was across. It wasn't what he did. It's what, what God did. He walked into the room, and I can remember it as like it was yesterday. In the room we had a little sink, and he went over and he turned the tap on. He said, that's what God does. Prayed for me. I began to speak in tongues. And Oh, what a time. What an encounter. And there's been many of those times when I just meet again. Jesus loves me. Jesus his heart is towards me. And that's what we're, that's what we're looking at this time. And I, I'm going to ask you to 
join with me in this. God is merciful to those who doubt. What do you have to do? Just say, Lord, I'm not covering up. Whatever it is, whatever the situation is, and particularly the whole issue of coming into actually knowing him, not just knowing something about him, but coming into knowing him. It's just a question of being real. And uh, what we're going to do, I, I think we should respond, and Richard's going to come. And I want us to start off by... Sometimes it's easier to sing a prayer. Do you know the, the song, Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus? Well, I'm going to change that so it's a personal prayer. Just one word, turn my eyes upon Jesus. It's what God can do. I can't. It's what he will do because he loves us. Look full in his wonderful face. And what happens? By his grace and by his mercy, all the things of the world, the doubts, the reasoning, the ability to work it out, just seem to fade in the light of his glory and grace. Guys, this is an opportunity right now to have a, a real encounter with God. Not a not a fake, not a pretend. And it's based on honesty. You being honest and saying, Lord, help my unbelief. Bring me into that place that only you can bring me. It's not that we can earn it. It's not that we can somehow work it up. It's God coming to us and meeting us. I would suggest that this is the most appropriate time if you've never, ever had that meeting. Or if in fact you're struggling and have struggled with doubts. I believe God will confirm his word with signs following. And the sign is that he does what he says. Thank you for listening to this podcast by Lifeline Church. We hope this message has been an encouragement to you. We are a relational church with a passion to demonstrate God's love to one another and our surrounding community in real and practical ways. We believe that God has called us to have an impact on our families, our communities and our nation. We'd love to connect further with you, so please do visit our website at lifelinechurch.co.uk, on Facebook lifeline.church.uk or Twitter at lifelineuk. Thank you.